Peace and love, everybody. This is Ayana the Model, back with another episode of Sex Talk. This is episode 19 of Sex Talk. We've been going strong for about four months, and I am really excited. Um, Let me send her a request that she can jump on. <laughs> it's lit 19 period ready hey peace wagwan <laughs> peace how are you i'm having a peaceful and productive day That's yeah our basil has been really 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 good yes extraordinary everyday people was, was so lit Ooh, yes it was yes it was <laughs> amazing how are you? It's good to see you, yo. Immensely. I know. We literally haven't had a conversation in that long, but we're here. We're here. Gratitude. I'm good. I definitely left Miami feeling very inspired mm -hmm. and like, like I was living in my rich bitch era. And I just love that for me. So <laughs> You're abundant. Absolutely. We're, yes. You're abundant. And I feel that way too. And I think that like, I've just received so many confirmations over like just the past two weeks in particular of just like people really affirming who I am and what I do and mm -hmm. what I stand for and how much they are um, receiving from me just being present and alive and just doing what I do, which is just not only nice, but like very beautiful and also like something that's very motivating for me, yeah. especially feeling separately or feeling differently or, you know, feeling down and sometimes, you know, so it's like, it's mm -hmm. nice to receive all that. So definitely a fluctuation. Mm -hmm. and I would say you inspire me a lot. You do with the way you like just carry your, your energy, the way you embrace life and the way you just like navigate. So I'm honestly honored to be in this space. Um, I'm grateful that you were open to having this conversation because um, even today, like there is a lot of conversation mm -hmm. going on um, about what the definition of sexual liberation is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm just grateful to just even experience, you know, you holding the space and you've been having these conversations and I really been tuning in here and there when I can. And it's definitely given me a lot to like, a lot to to think about so mm. i'm excited yes i think that that's been the reflection of a lot of people mm -hmm. um in general and a lot of guys in particular too and i love that i love that like men in particular are reaching out to me and telling me that like this is something that they're thinking of and they recognize that it's not something that anyone else is thinking of and they also recognize that like this is the first time they're hearing questions that allow them to think of this um mm -hmm. and i love that it's the same set of things that I'm asking everybody, but it's also a different conversation every time. Mm -hmm. um, so to get started, please let the people know uh, briefly who you are, <laughs> what you would like to refer to, your preferred pronouns, and briefly what you do. Mm -hmm. um, peace, love, light, and liberation. I'm 9,000 sons. I'm a visual artist. I'm a muralist. I'm a licensed tattoo artist of over eight years. Um, I've been able to do a lot of community work within my community and work with a lot of phenomenal artists who've like taught me so much. And yeah, my pronouns are the goddess prince now, but you can call me she or they, or, you know, I really just refer to myself as love. Um, and yeah, I'm just honored to be here. Immense gratitude. 
good thanks all right so jumping right in what is your relationship to sex my relationship to sex is i'm very aware that we are sexual beings i have a healthy look at, at sex now than i used to um it's more presence than anything you know me being able to be fully in my body being able to integrate you know my mental uh clarity and stimulation intertwined with like my sexual energy uh so i definitely would say i have a, a pretty healthy relationship with it now mm -hmm. versus when i was like growing up you know what is the biggest difference or how would you describe your relationship with sex when you were younger um very interesting because you know as children i think a lot of us are very curious beings you know uh but i think that a lot of my growing up was sheltering from it mm -hmm. for example like i know that my family you know for example like my mother and my father you know i know that they had a dynamic but they never really spoke to me directly about sex, ever. Um, I think my first encounter with anything that's like adamantly sexual was when I was like 11 or like 12. Um, I remember my mom used to like let me come over my friend's house, but basically I was being babysat. And um, one of my neighbors, she would be like, oh, let's play house. And that's like my first introduction to like this idea of, okay, I'm mimicking what my parents are doing, but that curiosity is still there. But I never necessarily was like spoken to about sexuality as a young, you know, preteen. Um, and then for me, personally, because I, I recognized that I was like attracted to women at a very young age or, or gay at a very young age. And queer now, I identify as queer completely because I understand the definition. But for me, I also had like a, a there was like a shaming, you know, mm -hmm. that had went on in my, uh, you know, awareness because most people don't want to be gay. Most people don't mm -hmm. want to be seen as gay. No, pe nobody wants to be gay, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's just this idea that if you're not pursuing this heteronormative, you know, approach to sex that you're seen as like bad, you know. So for me, I struggled when I got into like my teens, like 13, 14, 15. Um, and it brought a lot of like questioning, like self-questioning, self-doubt within myself if like this is right or if me being attracted to women is okay because I hadn't really seen anybody mm -hmm. represent queerness and, you know, be able to have a conversation with me as a child or as a teen to say, hey, nah, you're fine. Um, but it wasn't until high school. I will say high school was very enlightening for me because, you know, a lot of people were calling me gay, but I never called myself gay. I never was like, accepting because of all the shame that went on around me. and i'm i'm half jamaican like my mom's side they're all jamaican my dad's side they're american 
So in Jamaican culture, you know them saying, nah, you can't do that. You know, so for me, it's like, I want to embrace my culture now, you know, and still be able to be who I am, but also integrating that education of like, nah, this is natural. Like, you know, who I am, there are other people that are representing and embodying the same exact, you know, not the same exact experiences, essentially, but ex experiences, uh, excuse me, that are similar to my experience. And so it wasn't until I got to high school that I met other queer people and I was like, wait, okay. Like there are people who are out and about and confident in their skin, you know, like really, really embodying who they are. So um, it was definitely like, definitely a dark time when I was like 15 because that was when I really was like okay like I can't keep pretending that I'm like not different because I had an aunt who really was pressuring me like yo you know you have to get a husband you have to get married you have to like go to college you have to you know do all these things in a certain set way you know and I'm I'm grateful because of the people in my high school that represented uh you know fully their queerness and were like showing me that like yo nah you're not <laughs> you're not the only one you know essentially so i'm grateful for that mm -hmm. i'm really grateful for that and um yeah you you have to like it's a lot of healing you know a lot of healing that we go through from like our adolescence because society especially societies like we're we're in a patriotic society so i think a lot of like the idea of sex yields to men so even women who are like identifying as queer or identifying as like they want to explore both avenues of their sexuality as far as gender and things like that um it's very hard because people yield more to to men mm -hmm. in the sense that you kind of have to have this role where you can't express yourself. You can't speak about who you are. You can't, you know, do these things. And it's very liberating when you realize like prior to, you know, our modern Western civilization that our ancestors were very much queer in here. <laughs> like it's not really anything new under the sun. Mm -hmm. you know? And I just think it takes a lot of like research and education and curiosity because I got curious about myself when I left, um, you know, high school and I really wanted to like see how, you know, how I can make my life more uh, happy, you know, for, for myself. And it never really had anything to do with anyone else, but really just understanding my identity, you know, and really figuring out, okay, if this is who you are, how do you, how do you say this to the world, you know? So very interesting, you know, mm -hmm. very interesting. A lot of a lot of coming out of darkness into into this idea of this like integrating you know light but it's, it's all oneness you know mm -hmm. yeah i think that's interesting i think high school was also the enlightening time for me when i was in high school in like in like 2007 <laughs> it was popular to be bisexual around that time mm -hmm. Mm. So there was like a whole wave of like MySpace users talking about their sexuality and mm -hmm. it was not only hip but popular to be a bisexual girl. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So when everybody was talking about their bisexuality, I was like, this is perfect timing for me. Why don't I use this platform to say yeah. who I am too? And I put it all over my MySpace and I came out to my mom and she was like, girl, please, you boy crazy. And went about her <laughs> business and I was just like, at least I said it. Yeah. So be, after like that first year, like 2008 time, no one was bisexual anymore. Like it was no longer cool. And I was just like, okay, but I still am though. Yeah. So I'm gonna need y'all to know that like it wasn't just a phase for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when I admitted my first like girl crush in high school. My best friend was gay, who is now a trans woman now. Um, but there was so much queerness in my life and me mm-hmm. um, exploring that for myself and me trying to find out what about it that resonated with like what my truth was, even though it wasn't matching up with my experiences because I was so yeah. young. There's so many things that I haven't done yet. Um, but I think that the question of, well, how do you know you're, you're queer? It's the same question of, okay, well, how do you know you're straight? Mm-hmm. Like there is, I think that some people use certain ideas of what they consider to be logic to mm-hmm. deconstruct your thinking or your mindset and your choices. But at the end of the day, it can go both ways. And there's no logic to feeling emotion and energy, you know, mm-hmm. there just is. So that is interesting because I think that we kind of both became um, I guess more comfortable with queerness around the same time or points in our lives. But when would you say that you came out? And I also remember in like 2019, mm-hmm. you were um, contemplating a lot of things with like gender and expression and how you yeah. to express yourself and yeah. what people were assuming that you were and how you were assuming that you were. So mm-hmm. how, what would you say about you coming out and then like you also going through that transition of like identity in like mm-hmm. 2019? Wow, thank you. Uh, wow, thank you so much for that question. It's like you read the questions, but then you hit us with these, like... Really it's because questions. I didn't write this one down. I'm just asking yeah, this I love to it. you. I love it, I love it. Um, so I actually, during the, the, the quarantine, that was when I verbally came out to my family. Yeah, and I know that that is like, it's very recent, right? So... For me, uh, growing up, I had always been very ambiguous. Like, I've always been, like, a tomboy. I've always uh, never really fit in with these ideas of this gender role. And this is, a lot of people hear this, but I really experience, you know, feeling like, oh, like, I have two sisters, right? They're very, very feminine, very feminine in their expression. And I remember growing up, I was... I understand it, like I, I could understand what uh, femininity was, right? But you see it in our mothers, you see it in our grandmothers, you see it. But I always felt like, yo, like, I really just feel like I'm just here being. And that's when I was aware that I had like masculine energy presenting itself within, you know, my being. But I never really understood why. And so for me, I had to navigate on, you know, actualizing that and being able to communicate that first to myself because I was confused at a certain point in time. I was like, well, why am I different from, and especially in middle school, um, a lot of um, 
girls would just dress very like feminine. I'm just like, I'm not, you know, not thinking about it too much, but I would just show up in a hoodie, show up in like comfortable clothes that just made me feel like comfortable. Um, it didn't really have anything to do with expressing my masculinity, but I always knew that spiritually I was intertwined with both, both energies, um, which we all are, right? It's just at the time where you're trying to communicate this to yourself as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, you know, it's very complex, especially when people tell you you have to be this one way, you have to fit into this box, right? So I, there was a point in time where I was trying to fit into that box. And I remember uh, my mom, I had a graduation for, uh, for my, I think it was my seventh grade graduation and she wanted to perm my hair. So she, she's like perming my hair and she's like doing my hair. And I remember that hope, I hated the whole process of having to perm my hair, put these plaits and all these bubbles, these things in my hair. So, and then like, I remember after that graduation into my eighth grade year, I like realized like I didn't have a word, but I realized I'm like, yo, like I know I don't fit into this reality like like how everyone else necessarily does. Mm. Um, but I know I'm not too far. And then um my ninth grade year, when everybody started like, Are you gay? Like asking me, am I gay? So that was when I really uh, my ninth grade year was like, Okay, like I'm gay, like this is what I am. I'm expressing it. So I was about, uh, you know, my, in ninth grade, just really like accepting it within myself and really just being in that space of like, okay, um, I want to be able to, to explore that, but I don't know how. And then fear and shame started to come in because now you're like scared that you're feeling all this and there's nobody there to really like nurture that and be like, okay, this is okay. Right. So, a lot of the the things I experienced and just to be very like transparent, you know, like my aunt, one of my aunts, she had, she has like a, some gay friends and, you know, we would hang out with like her gay friends and it would just be like real, you know, you know, black people, we just have a good ass talk. Um, but then I remember when she had found out that somebody else that she knew was gay or whatever. And her reaction was like really aggressive. Like, this punk ass, blah, blah, blah. she just started calling him names, like all the slurs you could think of, all the queer slurs, the gay slurs. She just, and I'm like, is this what happens when you're gay? Like, I'm like, fuck no, I'm not, I'm not telling my family nothing. So they always could see that I was like, essentially very ambiguous. I would never dress, you know, a certain type of way, like very too much like feminine or anything like that. And so I know that they knew like deep down inside they knew but everybody kind of swept it like under the rug everybody was like nah we're not we're not going to talk about that yeah, gonna... don't ask don't tell exactly so it got really hard because i kind of felt really isolated mm. and i and i went through a, a very like when i was 15 i went through a really bad depression when i was 15 <laughs> and i was like really asking myself like is my family going to like you know disown me or judge me especially with how like my aunt reacted you know are you you're angry because of my sexuality like it wasn't registering so it just made me want to recluse myself and put myself into this like space of like nah like i can't tell this is my favorite person in the world you know and if i tell her this is gonna shatter
and so I walked around with that and then every now and then the questions will start coming for Christmas where's your boyfriend or oh you you know making jokes about these things and like you know it just really put me in a space of like damn like I don't have this connection that people can have with you know how most people who are like healthy and queer it's very rare you know sometimes some people don't have you know a family that will accept them some people literally get you know the worst of the worst um i did have a gay cousin too which kind of like made me feel like okay well like maybe i can but we weren't close at all like in any shape way or form we just see each other during holidays but it really made me think i'm all of this internalization of like is my family gonna love me is it are they still gonna accept me are they still gonna like be there if i tell them this you know and so fast forward um <laughs> this story is so funny um so my first semester of college and i met someone just super beautiful she was a scorpio and um i felt so in love with this woman and it was the first time somebody actually was like showing me like a healthy in the beginning a healthy dynamic of love it ended pretty toxic but <laughs> but you know you're young it's my first semester of college i was like 19 but it was the first time like i really was like okay like i want to be with this person like you know and so i remember i had brought her to my house and my mom was like on the phone on the balcony but I wasn't in the house. I had brought her over to just hang out in my neighborhood. And um, I remember we were just walking around. I didn't know my mom was, like, home at all. So we were walking around the neighborhood, you know. And then, um, like, she kissed me. And so when she kissed me, all I hear is, Shalia. Like, that's that's my, my birth name. Mm -hmm. I hear somebody yelling. I'm like, and she's like, is that your mom? <laughs> I look over. <laughs> And my mom's on the balcony. I'm like, yo, my heart dropped in my ass. Oh my I was like, I was so terrible. You know that black mom stare? Like, I could see it from the balcony. Like, so I'm like, yo, here we go. Like, I'm just preparing myself for the worst. So I told her, I'm like, you stay right here. <laughs> I'm like, stay right here. So I told her to sit right there. And then I walk over to the balcony. I walk over to my mom. And she's like, did that girl just kiss you in the mouth? And I'm like... I'm like, nah, she just wiped something off my face. Like, I'm literally in complete, like, deny, deny, deny. Don't tell her nothing. Like, so essentially I'm sitting there, I'm like, she's like, did that girl just kiss you in the mouth? And I'm like, nah, nope, nope. And she's like, she's like, don't lie to me. I saw that. That's disgusting. And I never, yes, yo, that was the first time I really, like, I was like, okay, like, this is how people are going to respond to me now. And so that I internalized that feeling. And because of that, you know, I definitely sabotaged that relationship because of my, mm -hmm. how I was feeling, the shame, the guilt and everything, you know, and looking back on that experience, like I know it was needed, you know, I know it was needed for me to like embody who I am for me to be exactly what I have to be like today. And so I'm just moving forward in those aspects of self right now, like reflecting from my childhood to see, okay, where are the, the spaces that I need to eliminate this fear, this this shame, this 
this like feeling bad or negative about my self image. And I don't, I'm not navigating that way anymore. So during the quarantine, I had, you know, cause we all were in, our families were in the same space. We had, we all had to face some things during the quarantine. Mm -hmm. And so um, <laughs> I literally am sitting at the table with my mom, my aunt, everybody's at the table. And this is like a whole, like a whole, if you can imagine like the red table talk, but like Caribbean American stuff, <laughs> like, but everybody's not ready to face their emotions. So it's, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's very like somebody's choking you at the table, right? Cause you want to talk about these things, right? So I'm sitting there and I tell my aunt, I'm like, listen, I need to talk to you. Like I, I love women. And she's like, what you mean, girl? I love women too. Da, da, da. Try to, that's the first step is like brush that shit off. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, like you always ask me, you know, where, where's my husband? Where's my boyfriend? This, this and that. And I'm just like, like I'm literally gay. And I literally just come <laughs> up. Like, I, I'm literally gay. I mean, yo, like, so and short of it. Ayana, that moment was so powerful for me mm -hmm. because the power that my family, like, I love you. That's, those are the people who teach us, you know, how to love first, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially, exactly, essentially, I'm sitting here trying to explain myself and express myself. And as soon as I said that, it's, you're not going to be doing that here. This is, you can take that, da, 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 da. like, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, but that also was very empowering for me and mm. it made me feel inspired and motivated to make sure that I created a safe space for myself mm. because I love, you know, and I have compassion for, for, for uh, my family and for myself and for, for everyone, you know, really, mm. but it's not easy navigating in those spaces when you feel like somebody doesn't want to understand you mm. or they want to call you names or, you know, bully you, essentially. How do you love a bully? You know what I'm saying? It takes a lot of, of deep self-love to come from a space of love when somebody's, like, attacking you because they disagree with what you think or who you are or how you show up, you know, especially... But the only thing I get confused about is the fact that, like, if I, if I love myself and I'm being who I am and I'm not hurting anyone, I'm not harming another human being, I should have the space and ability to just exist, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't want to – me personally, you know, sexuality is a part of life, but my sexual identity is not the totality of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so – I just needed my family to, I felt like I needed my family to accept that for me to have like this, like, okay, we see it's you. Okay. Yeah. Like we really see you and we feel you, we understand. But that is like, I've gotten to a point of detachment with that, you know, especially now, you know, with, with creating more healthier boundaries in my life. So I would say definitely um, when I started coming into my identity fully and really, um, you know, wanting to integrate myself fully is like 2021. You know, I was like, I, I'm not apologizing to anyone. I'm just going to really focus on, on growing, growing, you know, myself. And I will honestly say like, you were a part of that, that journey, mm -hmm. you know, like, because seeing you like, you know, just being your skin naturally and just walking around in that confidence, you know, 
I had never, that was the first time I ever seen a woman just be like, okay, like I'm around these beings. Like, cause you know, your family, like, you know, I've seen my mommy nude and things like that, but it's like, when you see a person who's comfortable in their skin and not feeling like, even though I'm out here uh, navigating as this, this powerful entrepreneur in these business spaces, I can still own my sexuality. I can still own my confidence and still own who I am as a, you know, as descendants of Africa, as an African woman, you know, a powerful goddess, you know, I started to do my research and I realized, you know, that's very natural. Mm. And when society tries to take that away from us, they're taking away a part of our power because African spirituality does coincide with our, our sexuality, mm. right? And so now this year I've been put in a space where I'm like, okay, I recognize that my identity is not anything really new or how I express myself isn't really anything new, but rather this individual who's never had the opportunity to express the experiences that will help liberate others hasn't existed, right? And so how do I integrate that and still be able to preserve my culture, preserve myself as a descendant of Africa with a Jamaican, you know, identity and American you know, how do I integrate all three of these and still feel like, okay, what I'm being is literally the culture, right? The culture that they very much take away from and try to pick apart and try to make a thing, you know? But even now, like, I don't go to... um I see it in the next lecture, right? Okay. I'm going to come back to a couple months. So see you, right? Thank you for waiting. I didn't even know, like, <laughs> but, um, but, all right, peace. But, um, essentially, like, where I am right now is really just preserving African culture, preserving my identity, and preserving, you know, the education of sexual liberation, you know, um, because I've been so suppressed, because I've been so, like, shamed, you know, and even, like, today, the comment today uh, from coolest CEO, uh, he's saying, oh, you know, uh, people out here just being loose, swinging on poles. I'm like, yo, <laughs> it's deeper than that. Like, it's not even, you know, because somebody is, is a pole dancer, does that equate them with being, like, loose? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That that is not necessarily true. And if you really look at pole dancers, those are some strong human beings. Like, those are some strong people. Um, but yeah, this year and, and last year, last year more than anything, uh, 2021, I um, started adopting the pronouns they, them, and exploring that. Um, but I still identify like I'm a woman, you know, I'm just non-binary. I'm not uh, what people would consider. I'm a part of the LGBT community, but I'm not trans. I'm non-binary. Um, but I do honor and, you know, embrace my female body. You know, but I know that I'm not just this physical body. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> I um, I think that your expression of understanding yourself as a non-binary woman is, like, extremely powerful because I think that, like, when you talk about uh, trans identity, it's such a hot topic that no one wants to... Um, converse about or say anything negative because everyone's so afraid of <laughs> being canceled. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there is a 
carefulness to allowing the, or I guess upholding the idea of a woman in a female's body mm -hmm. um, because of the realities of women and females' bodies and also the history of women and females' bodies. Um, I think that to allow a different description or definition to a woman because other beings are expressing themselves mm -hmm. is counterproductive. And I think that like, there is always a expression of who everyone is. There is an identifi identification of who everyone is and there should be made space for all of those things. Every single person, mm -hmm. every single expression, every single gender, exactly. there should be space for that. There does, there does not need to be uh, um, anything demonized that already exists. There just needs to be an addition to what is now how we understand things and who we understand people as mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so i really love that idea because i don't think that a a lot of people hear that idea in that way i don't think people hear that expression in that way and i don't think people necessarily conceptualize what that actually means in that way mm -hmm. and i really do appreciate um that expression like with you actually verbalizing it just because i um I think that I often contemplate about that in general. Um, so it's cool that that's also like a part of your identity. Yeah. Um, there was so much in there. I think that like, <laughs> yeah, there's so much. I mean, when it comes to coming out, when it comes to, you know, families, when it comes to suppression, um, it's amazing how much you can denounce your own identity just based on how other people are reacting to you and it doesn't have to be severe for mm -hmm. you to have an adverse reaction to something that someone generally thinks is disgusting i remember the first time i kissed a girl in front of my sisters and they were like don't ever do that again that was nasty and i was like <laughs> okay and it was just something in my head like okay i'm never going to be like les vibes around my sisters yeah. because they literally don't like that um i think with everything that has changed and with developments and who i am and 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 how i have grown to show myself there has been a lot of changes so i i'll be surprised if they feel the same way now but um, it was something that happened, you know, when I was in my teenage years and it really um, affected me. Uh, one time I was wearing a rainbow ring and I wore it because I was, you know, gay pride. And I was at Thanksgiving and one of my aunts was like, wait, 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 what is that? Is that a rainbow ring? Like, are you, are you gay? And I just like slowly took my hand and put it behind me <laughs> thinking like damn bitch shut the fuck up but um <laughs> because why you been on, your, on front street <laughs> and then she was like no it's cool it's cool my sister's gay because we have an aunt in our family um mm -hmm. that is gay and she's more masculine presented too um and she has always been one of my favorite aunts because uh, her lifestyle and her expression is just something that I like highly identify with. She also travels the world. She's been to like 
I don't know how many different countries she is currently living in Central America. She was just going to move back to Southeast Asia. Oh, she's funny. always all over the place. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of things about her that I love. And she's a lesbian, a masculine presenting lesbian doing these things. So mm -hmm. I, um, when she mentioned that, I thought to myself, if you were that cool with the fact that your sister is gay, so it's not that big of a deal, you would have never mentioned my ring. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you would obviously know what it means because bitch rainbows around that time i mean you could see different people probably wearing rainbows now of course it's still the flag of course it's still yeah. the cute flag and of course it still is represent it's a representation of who you are but back in 20 like 2008 2009 2010 like if you were wearing rainbow you were gay period like you were not just not putting rainbows on just because like it was a stark you know, expression of self. And it was um, a pushback to how everybody else was feeling. And it was a very bold move to make. And I was wearing rainbow outfits when I was 14 in high school, like what? white shoes, like tall white socks with rainbows on it, a rainbow studded belt with a rainbow design shirt with rainbow suspenders with like a rainbow choker. Like I was like yeah. all rainbowed out because of course that was also the time that I came out in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and I never felt, to get back to what I was saying, like, there was just little comments here and there that still made me feel like I was in the closet, even though I was out to my mom. And mm -hmm. it's interesting it's how yeah. being closeted, I don't think about this enough. Being closeted has nothing to do with your whole expression and being closeted has nothing to do with when <clears throat> you are out to everybody. Mm -hmm. Being closeted is like, an action and a feeling. And you can f be closeted with some people and be out with others, which of course makes sense when you say it, but it's very interesting to experience it because mm -hmm. my own, the person who was teaching me and navigating life with me and raising me, you know, was not the person who was denouncing me and saying all these negative things about me, but because I knew that certain people probably felt certain ways, you know, half of my family is also Jamaican and I had mm -hmm. a Jamaican aunt and I never came out to her just because she was Jamaican. Like she was my favorite aunt. We listened to all these different CDs <laughs> together. She like bought me so much stuff for college, but yeah. just because I knew she was Jamaican, like I did not want to tell her that I liked women. And I don't think I ever have um, with my dad. He's Jamaican. And I'm yeah. not afraid to say shit now. Like, I don't, I don't care. But okay. I, I was telling my mom the other day, you know, I was like, you know, mom, I realized, like, I never came out to daddy. Like, I just, I never told him that I liked women. And for, like, I had told my mom that I liked women when I was 14. And here I am, 24, scared to tell my dad. Like, it's been a whole 10 years. And yeah. there's still this, like, closeted experience that I'm having just because of the way that I'm assuming someone is going to react just because of the way I hear them say certain things about certain people. Mm -hmm. And over time, um, my immediate family in particular has definitely become more sensitive. They definitely become more um, open, definitely become more understanding for sure. I remember when I was in college, my mom was like, you know, if you ever end up, you know, getting married to a man, you know, or a woman, I was like, or a woman. Okay. Progress. Somebody yeah, done jumped right. Someone yeah. done jumped on the train because yeah. she never made me feel no way about my expression. But she also was just like, girl, please, I don't really believe it. And it's like, yeah. there is still an invalidation that comes with disbelief. So yeah. regardless of 
as I said before, something that doesn't come off as more severe or more violent, it still is just as debilitating. Um, yes. And it's, it's very important to, to just allow those spaces to grow. And also it's very important for people, you know, to provide those spaces for you. Um, <laughs> so I think the first two questions you pretty much answered. Uh, I would ask now, what is, so what do you think are some myths that connect to either your personality and how you express yourself mm -hmm. or your zodiac sign? Like particularly about your sexuality. Like people just like, oh, she Libra. That means that. Uh, what, what kind of misconceptions have you had to deal with or some myths about yourself that uh, you have to deal with based on the way that you present? Mm. I would say that I'm a Libra, right? But I'm October Libra. Uh, and I think the misconception is that we're flirts mm. uh, or we are, uh, I've heard we're flirts um, that and that we lie, that we're liars. And I want to debunk that for everybody in the chat right now. <laughs> no, but, no, but I really have heard these things. Um, I want to clear the air. You know, I, I said I was going to do that. Today, so let's, let's clear the air. Um, Libras are ruled by Venus. We're ruled by the planet of love, uh, beauty, uh, you know, anything sensual, anything uh, aesthetically pleasing, and, you know, charm, grace, elegance. We're ruled by that planet. However, um, to the core, like I can see someone who's attractive and be like, wow, like, you know, this is a beautiful, gorgeous being. And I get curious. And then there's that, okay, uh, being a Libra, you, you kind of have to like, we, we have to have what we want. I will say that. Like we want something or someone, we have to have it. There's no negotiation. Like we have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's literally um but i would also say like um to clear the air with that is like if if i find out somebody's not like on the frequency of like we just don't resonate i would not pay attention to their physical beauty anymore mm -hmm. and i think that that is like very essential because obviously you know our creator god allah source you know makes beautiful creations Right. So for me, I'm always drawn in by the physical first, but then it's like, okay, what's, what's underneath this surface? What's here? What's in depth? What, what, what is like, what's the chemistry, you know? Um, especially cause recently I started learning the difference between chemistry and compatibility. Uh, those are like two different things. You yeah. can have chemistry with somebody, mm -hmm but you, you don't have to be compatible. I also describe it as a difference between synergy and compatibility, but yeah, to your point. Mm, yeah. And so, um, yeah, just to clear the air with that, like I'm not a flirt. I just like to be kind. I'm, I embody like kindness. Like that's my, I, I want to embody love. I want to love like God. So for me, I want to be kind to everyone. I think people think that because I'm kind, unless I say, Hey, like I'm genuinely interested in you and I want to like pursue this, then there, you know, there's nothing that's going to happen outside of that. But I definitely, um, I would say I'm, I'm more kind 
than anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to like keep that vibration of just like peace. We're the peacemakers, you know, which can also bring me to my next point of this like thing about the lying, right? So um, I am a fair, like I, I'm an honest person. Like I'm a very truthful person, uh, very transparent. Uh, so much so that like um, if, uh, for example, like I have uh, I have multiple partners like right now, and um, the way that that even like happened was through like communication and just honesty. Um, just because my previous relationships before that were very like, nah, you know, negative and like possessive and like nah, I'm jealous and and me personally, I've never, and, and this is interesting, like I've never experienced like I don't get jealous, mm-hmm. like, I don't I don't get that feeling. I get curious, but I don't ever. I've never experienced like I'm jealous of this person specific. Like I don't. I don't mm-hmm. get that. Um, but Libras can be people pleasers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like let's say um, I get invited to like five events. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Fig- I'm gonna try to decide first. It's, it's hard to decide on which event to go to. So you're going through that thought process, or well, dang, like. My homies over here, they're they're having this lint functioning with this. Okay, I'm I'm gonna come here and then I'm gonna slide there after. But you end up at that one event and you like, it's pretty lit here. I don't really feel like leaving no more, so I'm probably not gonna slide. And so that ends up being like, nah, you lied, you said you was gonna come, da da da. Or those types of things. We tend to people please. Like I I'm not even gonna cap on that. Like mm-hmm. we truly Libras can be people pleasers mm-hmm. because we want to like make that person feel like we're putting in that effort, you know. We want to make that person feel like, yeah, I'm going to be there, you know. Um, but, you know, me personally now, I realize that. And I'm like, nah, I'm not in that space anymore. I don't want to people please. Like, I want to do what I really feel called to do, you know. And um, I don't want to apologize for it. You know, I want to be able to experience my life and also have an integrated balance, you know. Because I know I can't be everywhere at one time. I can't, you know, um, say I'm going to make this commitment to go to this place. And I know that my schedule is not, you know, going to be lining up. It's hard because you want to be, you know, you want to be there for friends. You want to be there for people you, you fuck with, you know. But sometimes it's like it's hard. Mm-hmm. So um, I will say I, I, um, I'm I, honest. I do my best to tell the truth. And, yeah, there's no, no, no deception over here, man. I don't like that, man. Nah. It's not the way to go. Be honest. Be truthful. If you're watching this, tell the truth. Be honest. Get you, Stay out of trouble. Get your ass out of trouble. Period. Um, yeah. Thanks for uh, clearing the air. Yeah. I know Libras all too well. Um, oh, wait. I actually have. I actually have a great relationship with Libras. Honestly, I have a great relationship with almost every sign. I will just say that there's more signs that I have more relationships with than other signs. But I don't think that I have necessarily negative signs um, or negative experiences with signs in like really abundant ways to the point where I'm like taking down a whole sign. I also know a little bit more about signs than the average person. So for me, I just feel like the more you know, the less it's you're able to judge because there's a level of like understanding that you have where it's like, how could you really dislike something that you truly understand? It's kind of hard in my opinion. So, um, I would say that for me, 
I think that like my sun sign as a Pisces is someone who is very free. I'm like a fairy. I'm like, oh, you know, just floating yeah. around, you know, I have my little fairy Definitely. dust. I'm like sprinkling magic everywhere. And it was like, oh my God. I'm like, ah. So I'm like in that vibe a lot. And I love to be there. I honestly You're used to tell my friends. You're very I feel that way. I used to tell my friends that, like, I don't walk, I float. Because I really was feeling like I was floating around. Like, I was feeling like I was was not walking on Earth. I was just <laughs> literally flying. But y'all just couldn't see it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, now when I'm out, like, I'm just very, I'm hyper aware of the energy that I give off. Because I'm hyper aware of the people, of people's reaction to me. Um, I, I, I think I said this one time in the live a long time ago with one of the sex talks that I did, but there was a, um, a activity that we did. I don't remember if this was high school. I believe it was. And my teacher told me to, told the entire class, you know, write an L on your forehead. So I was like, and they were like, so if you wrote an L on your forehead and you wrote it the way that you would read the L, you're mm -hmm. someone who probably thinks about yourself first or thinks mostly about how you see things or, you know, considers your perspective. If you wrote an mm -hmm. L where someone else would be able to read it, you are very self-aware of how others are seeing you and you are mm -hmm. more in tune with how that perception is like either made or created or even carried. And yeah. I wrote the L where someone else would read it and know what the hell was on my forehead. So yeah. I'm the type of person. I, I would have thought that you would wrote it for you. Right. Like I am very hyper aware of others, especially others and connection of me, especially others and reflection of me and how others receive me. And I've always been aware of that since I was a child. Mm -hmm. Like, I've just, I don't know what it is, but I've just been hyper aware. I've also been very uh, observant. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because my son is in the house of Libra. So that's interesting, mm -hmm. seeing as though we just talked about all these things, um, the idea of aesthetics and, and genuine curiosity. And oh, like, yeah, you're I very think magnetizing. That... Like, your aura mm. is very magnetizing. If I had to describe it, and I, I always say this to you, you're such a muse. And I mean it because it's very rare that, like, you can experience somebody who can walk into a room and the whole energy just shifts. And this is no gas, no cap, no nothing. Like, But that's very rare. So knowing that and being in that space, like, of course, it's Piscean energy, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But, like, I also recognize that, like, being a Libra, it's, like, it's not just aesthetics that draws us in, right? People think it's like, oh, you know, uh, ASAP Rocky is a Libra. He and I have the same birthday. It's not mm -hmm. just, it's not the same, uh, you know, looking at somebody physically. I have to really feel like, you know, if I'm drawn to a person, that means like they're really a good person. And mm -hmm. I don't mean that in like, uh, you know, but you have that aura that like people can tell. And that's why you connect with so many people. Ayana. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's amazing to see because <laughs> I learned from that, you know, and, and like, mm -hmm people have to realize like if you're a person who, who takes that space and uses it for something positive and of mm -hmm. course it's it's very dreamy it's very piscean mm -hmm. you know but that's what continues the evolution for all of us you know and that is so essential you know but i just wanted to like add that into what, what you were saying <laughs>
Yeah, I I'm very grateful for it. I often uh, speak affirmations about my gratefulness about my energy and who I am often just because who I am just uh, honestly my life is how my life is because of who I am and like I'm very grateful for that and like as much as who we are are our experiences and the way that we reflect each other and the way that we um, interact with each other it is like how we carry ourselves and what we allow our experiences to make us and um, I'm just grateful for my experiences and what it has allowed me to be and to do and to carry myself as and to speak like and what have you. So I'm very grateful for those things. Immense gratitude. Mm-hmm. Give thanks. So one last question. What is your biggest sexual fear? Hmm. Mm. I guess just not being satisfied. Hmm. Yeah. Like I, that's just it because I'm not a person like, I don't really seek out pleasure, you know, but Interesting. I do seek fulfillment in my relationships because I'm love. We all are love. And I'm actually reading a book right now by Bell Hooks hmm. uh, called All About Love. Hmm. And that book, Black author, she's amazing. Yeah, um, everybody needs to read Bell Hooks, and I know I haven't yet. I'm judging yeah. myself. Long the first period. <laughs> period. I'm on, I'm still on like, I think I'm on like chapter three right now, but um, somebody re- recommended that book to me uh, because I am still on a healing journey, right? I'm healing from all this trauma from my family, uh, you know, and, and still integrating them in my life. I have not hmm. felt like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in cutting people off. Mm. That's um, I believe in creating boundaries, though, mm-hmm. right? So I I, I want to acknowledge and focus on what I want right now more than anything. You know, I've been in this space. I'm like these next uh, energy cycles. I call, you know, life is energy cycles, right? I just had a birthday in October this year. And I'm like, I just want to focus on what I want. And fortunately, that has brought me amazing experiences. Mm-hmm and beautiful experiences and and the love that I'm experiencing now, you know, I'm integrating that and healing things within myself. Um, You know, like I have, uh, I have three partners right now. And it's very interesting. Uh, Two of them are women. One of them is a male, Hmm. but yeah, he and I are very like, he's showing me a lot about myself. You know, it's very uh, spiritual. I would say, you know, um, but I'm integrating more healing aspects um, that I've seen, you know, happen from how my family was raised and doing that differently. Because although I am a part of the LGBT community, I identify as an African first, you know, and I'm about preserving my culture and preserving my roots and not being like, I'm not apologizing for that. Right. Because I know that being queer and being, you know, being sexually amb- ambiguous or fluid is not anything new. But what mm-hmm. is new is this attack on on our identity, right? So I don't go to prides. I don't go to, uh, you know, I'm not going to the pride or anything like that. But what I will do is I started doing this thing where I'll show up in spaces and I let my queerness just speak for itself, you know, without it being uh, sought as 
oh, I'm a part of this. Because I know, you know, a part of me feels like there is this erasure, and it's nothing new. There's, they're trying to erase uh, this face, right? The, the African nose. The, and I see it in, you know, when we, I'm an artist. I'm a visual artist, right? So in, in a lot of the art history and the paintings and the drawings, we have these deities that look much like yourself and, and myself, you know, our people. Um, but I'm realizing that they're trying to, in this day that I'm talking about, it's not really anything that's like really uh, tangible, but when we think about the preservation of our culture, right, and what that looks like, mm -hmm. I want it to be fully uh, embraced. And that's spiritually, mentally, physically, sexually, uh, financially, all of that. Um, but in order to do that, I have to take myself back from certain spaces that don't make me feel like I'm seeing. Right. So I can be like, for example, I just got a mural. I just did a mural project this year and um, it got put on Netflix. Not this year. That was last year, um, November. Mm, congrats. Thank you immensely. Thank you. Um, and I was able to be a part of this show. Right. Um, but I didn't see people who look like me. And for example, uh, the mural is located in Wilton Manors. If anybody wants to mm. go see it's in Wilton Manors up in uh, Fort Lauderdale area. Um, but that is, that's a queer, it's a gay town, mm -hmm. right? But it's more white gay male town. Mm -hmm. So how am I going to say, okay, yeah, I'm here and I'm queer, but like, here's my art in this space. And it's also like, I still want to be a part of my community, but I still want to see myself mm -hmm. because if I'm sitting here saying, okay, um, white supremacy is a thing. This is a thing that this is an illness that we have to like solve. This is something that I'm actively dismantling my own life and, and, and you know, and my atmosphere. And I'm shifting and I'm going to like, here's the queers. Y'all are telling me this is a gay town, but everywhere I, I look, we still doing the patriarchy. We still doing the, the, the white man is at the top. You know, to me, I have to shift that. So I can't be a part of that space where I'm saying like, okay, like I'm yeah, I'm all about the liberation of of you know my people and 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 all of us who are like in this tribe of like our identities being accepted and respected because again I I love my family I love you know how I was raised I'm here I'm healthy however I have firm boundaries you don't have to accept but you have to respect me because that's love. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like I stopped fighting this idea of accept me, I'm gay, accept me, I'm gay, and start saying, hey, I love you. This is who I am. You don't have to agree with it. But because I'm a spiritual being first, because I'm African first, I have to know that in order for me to liberate you, I have to educate myself. And when I educate myself, and I find that my great, 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 great grandfathers were out here wearing skirts and they weren't judged and they were literally still being these powerful pharaohs and these gods and these goddesses. Well, then you, you can't, society can't tell me that this is something that's like, you know, new or, or, or something that I have to separate from. I can still be queer and I can still be African and I'm going to uphold that, you know, for myself and everybody that is around me because I'm, I'm still preserving that culture. And I want a family one day, you know, I want mm -hmm. children one day. And I, I told myself like, how am I gonna 
express to my child that you have two moms and a dad and this is this is how we're gonna you know what I'm saying? Because a village takes a village and that's what our ancestors did. They mm -hmm. did that. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at um certain tribes in um, you know, in Africa, you have one one woman has five husbands. You know, that was normal because they were coming together, building that family unit and, and preserving the, those legacies and those dynasties. Even the ancient Kemet, they call it Egypt, right? We're talking about ancient Kemet where these pharaohs and these, these goddesses, they had these empires. They're building these empires and they had these multiple partners to keep this, this information, to keep this knowledge and this wisdom preserved. So, of course, they're going to try to break that down by breaking the black family. Right. So for me, it's like I have to be in a space where, of course, I'm here and I'm queer, even in these spiritual places where the whole taps are. I'm going to come. I'm going to talk face to face. with them. I don't mind because for me, it's like I want you to see that if you're a man and you have six wives, you really mean to tell me ain't none of them wives sleeping with each other. Mm. Like, come on. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like you have to I want to engage and create thought. So for me, my fear, I think, is just, like, not being able to be satisfied in that realm of, like, um, having my family, you know, mm. and being able to explore my sexuality, being able to fulfill myself um, in all those aspects, mentally, spiritually, sexually, and not be able to have my identity in the same space, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I really pray that the eyes <laughs> the right. At the end, you brought it all back together. So, yes. Yes, yeah. you did. Um, and actually, with you bringing it back together in the end in the way that you did, I can definitely attest to having those ideas as well. Mm -hmm. I like to believe that I have very few fears. Um, I used to say I don't have any fears at all, but that's not necessarily true. Um but I definitely have very few of them and mm -hmm. very few of them that are rooted in the material plane of me experiencing life and more about kind of what you just mentioned, like an energetic fulfillment and overall encompassing a wholeness that comes with what you have as a family and as a tribe. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I was just talking to one of my friends uh, who's also an artist that I collaborate with a lot, Sharif, mm -hmm. about this literally last night. I was saying that, like, I really want a husband. And I never said that in, in the 28 years that I have lived ever. And, like, I'm now saying it out loud. And there is, like, a level of um, of certainty and sureness and the type of relationship that I want that I feel like is now bringing me to saying these things out loud. And it's also not absent of my queerness. It's not absence of my relationship with women. It's not absence of any parts of my freedom. It's not absent of anything. And like, that's why I probably want it so bad. And I think that it is connected to the idea of what I feel like is my wholeness. And to think about the fear of not reaching or not experiencing that wholeness just based on the fact that I don't find anyone who merges um, with me with synergy and chemistry and compatibility that could be a little scary. Um, I think I've gotten to the point where I'm convinced it's going to happen. I'm just like, I am who I am. How could I not? Yeah, have these you things? are, you are the universe. Um, I'm definitely going to. But yeah. I think that 
for anyone who is rooted a little bit in insecurities or even have been brought to a space where they feel insecure about those things, it's mm. natural for them to have those fears. And it's natural yep. for them to lose sight of the fact that they are encompassing and they are um, connected to the mm -hmm. wholeness in a way where they can have whatever they want. Um, aw, Chance said he'll be my husband. <laughs> I'm reading these, I'm reading the comments right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm like very, like I said, leaving Miami, you know, inspired me some more. I actually ran into a couple of people who I, um, had fallen in love with in the past and who I have just like a really cool connection and friendship with now. Um, mm -hmm. and it's all just kind of like, flooding back these ideas of understanding and certainty and the fact that like I have love always lives here but mm -hmm. the exchange of me loving another being especially in those romantic ways is not in my current experience now but mm -hmm. seeing those people you know when I was back at home like reminded me of when I did have that and inspired me to when I will have that again um, and this is just like a recurring cycle, I feel like, of energy in particular. Um, but I will say that my biggest sexual, I don't, I've actually never thought about my biggest sexual fear. Um, I guess my biggest sexual fear will be, is having someone not adhere, respect, or honor any boundaries that I put up. Because that we would love be, boundaries. Say it again. yeah, that would be, um, that would turn into, you know, something else. I think that I just have like a fear of, there are oftentimes, well, there have been times, not often, but there have been times that I did not uphold my own voice and I was in uncomfortable situations because of a role that me and the other person played, but I also understand the role that I played in that. And right. I am grateful and thankful that it was not because of the ignorance or the active ignoring of my boundaries, but simply put, mm -hmm. it was a lack of my own voice that I took from myself. Yeah. And my fear would be an active, like, negation of what my voice actually is saying to someone mm -hmm. else. But... I almost don't have that fear because I feel like it will never happen. Like, I feel like... Yeah. The more you focus on what you want, mm -hmm. the more you will get it. And if you want, and I'm doing a 30-day challenge. Mm -hmm. it's, my other, it's on my Eat Plants page. And the 30-day challenge is really just about focusing only on what you want. Like, if you experience something negative, right, you're not allowed to complain about it for those 30 days. You just have to, to, to find the solution and embody it right then and there. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about it. Say, oh, this somebody just cut me off at a red light. Don't even, don't even acknowledge mm -hmm. that they didn't use their blinkers. Don't even acknowledge it. Just keep going, keep moving. Because in life, we're gonna have those moments where, uh, you know. And I honestly, I'm so grateful for you because you helped me a lot in my personal evolution. You know, uh, whether you know that or not. Uh, but just seeing the way you move and the, the way you decided to embody love. But for me, I really am in a space now where I'm experiencing things I've always wanted to experience. Mm. And I truly can say that I prayed for where I am now. Wow. Tips I have now, you know, and being able to be like, okay, like, I know that love is abundant because you are love. 
you're always going to be loved. Nobody can take away the abundance of love that you so rightfully deserve. That's your birthright. Mm -hmm. Abundance is your birthright. Wealth is your birthright. Mm -hmm. And when we begin to start embodying that and let go of this idea of like, okay, like, I think that sometimes getting what we want, there's like a bit of like, well, should I have this? Like, no, you deserve to fulfill yourself in this lifetime. And that comes with a lot of like making sure that your energy and your vibration is pure. You got pure energy and pure love for people and you're not wishing bad on anyone. But it's also like our creator wants us to just be balanced. And that's why now I'm even integrating like, you know, I'm grateful for my partners now because um, one of them, she's an Aquarius, you know, and the chemistry is just so phenomenal. Um, the only thing is we had to make sure that we weren't like, getting into this space okay we're integrating new things into this relationship right we don't want to repeat the same shit we both came out of some horrible ass situations mm -hmm. and i'm grateful for the ability to communicate about past relationships um because i think that's so important too mm -hmm. if you can't if you can't get with your your someone you're interested in or partner and talk about you know from top to bottom things that are important to you then i feel like you're not going to go far in that and then it's also like why are you hiding those parts from yourself? Like God can see you. The universe can see you. So if you're being specific, you're saying, hey, I want a healthy, loving, beautiful relationship from this this being or, or wherever, whoever it is, because you never really know who it is, right? But being open and receptive to that and then embodying that yourself. It's like being, oh, I want honesty and truth. But you attract a partner that's lying to you. You got to ask yourself, where am I being dishonest within myself? You know, and for me, the beginning when I first tried to uh, explore polyamory, like way like 2017, it was horrible, horrible experience. Like, no, I wouldn't say horrible, but I learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. I learned so much about how to communicate um, jealousy, uh, all these things that really stop us from love. You can only reject love. Love is always available. You can only reject it. Right. And then love will bring out your honesty when, when it's when it's really it will bring out your truth mm -hmm. right and so for me where i where i am now and even setting the intention in my relationship to say hey i'm not going to hide any parts of myself i'm not going to be dishonest about any parts of myself so i came into the relationship communicating things and making sure that hey this is what i want and if we can navigate this how, let let me find a place within myself and you find a space if you have the capacity and then we show up for each other as great friends first because i think that you know for me i've always looked at especially because i had a, a challenging relationship with my mom and i think it's because we just had this especially with black parents it's like you do what i say or caribbean mm -hmm. you do what i say and you don't say nothing like you know we got the, the the christmases we got the ps3s we got the stuff we got the clothes we miss a christmas but there was nobody there to hold you and say, hey, I, I'm here right here in your heart and I can see you. Tell me about what you're experiencing. Tell me about your day. Tell me about why you feel like I hurt your feelings or I'm, why you feel like when I'm talking to you, you feel degraded or you feel down. They didn't do that. And, you know, as much as we hurt and we have that pain within us, it's our responsibility to not repeat the cycle. Of that. Mm -hmm. So in that space, when we're coming into these spaces, it's like, you can have that healthy dynamic because for me, if I could see Cubans doing it, if I could see everybody else is doing it, 
we can do and more than anybody we deserve the most like damn <laughs> and it's so magical and, 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 and phenomenal when we do get the, the opportunity to share that and uplift that there's nothing like black love and by the way um if you all are watching this i love all humans but i'm not dating outside of my race anymore sorry to all the beautiful latinos and, and chinese and beautiful <laughs> But no, like seriously, um, and, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to experience like all of our partners are, are black, and it's it's been very much uh, eye opener because they have taught me, um, you know, the value of like honoring boundaries and being alright with like okay, we know that we're having an uncomfortable conversation, but instead of me exploding on you, I'm gonna actually like I'm gonna talk to you and if I can't talk to you because I know for me personally because of the, ex the experiences I had with my my mom and my family it's the last thing I'm going to say like because of the 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 anger and all the the hurt and the trauma and the pain if I feel like I'm anger is not a bad thing mm -hmm. it's very much a part of life right mm -hmm. it's what we do with our anger that changes the trajectory trajectory excuse me of our destiny because mm -hmm. you can create and you can destroy, mm. right? But if I take my anger and I say, I'm not even gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna take this anger. I'm gonna figure out where it's coming from. I'm gonna sit with this. You know, I'm gonna sit with this. Oh, I got upset because you didn't communicate about this one thing, X, Y, Z. And then that's where you can come in and be like, okay, like, all right, I'm not gonna explode on you. Well, you that, that, we you so used to that. We so used to growing up like, oh, you, you upset me, I'm gonna get the belt. And then we start sabotaging our relationships. We start breaking ourselves down and breaking that other person down. And that's why relationships become toxic. Because instead of being vulnerable in our love, and be like, hey, you made me sad because you did this. Because deep down, deep down behind anger is sadness. Hmm. Yo, man, you made me sad. Like, and approaching it from a, our relationships, not thinking that, we own a person and this is why i posted with the flyer like women are not objects women are not objects because i even in my own life you know i'm masculine presenting i'm not used to guys like hitting on me but you know more the more and more i integrate my feminine and masculine energy together because I'm, I'm becoming more into my feminine um and it's beautiful to see because i never was like <laughs> i never felt safe enough to do that or i never <laughs> felt like you know i wanted to explore it up until like this year specifically um, but coming into that and, and seeing like a woman be in that space so deeply, like you embody your femininity is so, so in such an enriching way and it's beautiful. Um, but that's not just a physical thing. It's very spiritual mm -hmm. and, and being able to be like, okay, I'm transparent in that space. So I have to talk about what's upsetting me because if I don't, as a, women you have the power to destroy like i think people get so caught up on the nurturing aspects and i had to write women are not objects because a lot of women experience that you know you a man hits on you you're not interested you don't respond to him so now automatically he's gonna get violent with you what is that you know and me for me personally i want to run the matriarch back i want to run it back run the matriarch back because for me i worship the ground that black women walk on. <laughs> I really do. And I don't, not just any type of black, the, the goddesses, like, you know what I'm saying? Like an intelligent leader 
you know, you if you you recognize, real recognize that, you know what I'm saying? And like you follow that leadership role. A lot of us we had grandmothers who upheld that so well. You know, they may have had their 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 um their ways of not expressing their trauma, but they embodied it and they got us here and they allowed us to thrive. For us to even be here to be like, yeah, I am queer and I am here and I'm still gonna preserve my culture and I'm still gonna preserve who I am. But it has to be a divine balance between feminine and masculine energy on all levels before we can say, hey, like, let's move forward in, in, in our future as a collective, you know, if the human race, all of us. Mm -hmm. It's not going to I really think there's so much that can happen when, you know, the love that we have, especially as African people, black people, is, is so uh, electrifying. And that's why, like, we can't shame um, each other. And we're the coolest CEO. I don't know if you in here, but we can't shame each other because that's what's going to liberate us and heal us is the love. And we're not saying, yo, like, I'm not saying that a woman who is embodying her sexual energy is, uh, you know, let's not say that women who embody their sexual energy and own their sexual energy are loose because those are the very same beings who were even the leaders of these great um, movements, these great powerful, um, you know, spaces where people can have freedom and liberation. Mm -hmm. It's just, we don't have to um, objectify her. We don't have to objectify women in these spaces. We, we recognize, wow, this is, this is the most beautiful um, ethereal creature we have. We use our sexual energy and our sexual power to, to create movements, to create liberation, to create you know, more spaces for us to build families, right? Because if we suppress that, then where where do we go? Where do, where do our identities go? Where do our children go? We're not, we, we tell these children, don't have sex, listen to Jesus Christ, and blah, blah, blah. then they get out here, and then they really want to be loose. They really want to go out here, and oh, they don't, you didn't educate them? So now they're going to go out and try to figure it out on their own. Let's hope that they figure it out in the right places, you know? Like run the matriarch back because if we do that, <laughs> then the the women who can who have the power and authority to choose, because I had you know I've had experiences where women say I want to be with you and I want a male counterpart, I want a, a boyfriend and a girl. I don't I don't say boyfriend and girl because that's immature. I want two lovers, you know. Or if she chooses that and you really love this woman and you really care about her desires, her pleasures, her happiness, her fulfillment, you're gonna support that. And you're going to show up however she needs you to show up. And you're going to be there and not let your ego rule the dynamic because it's not love. Love is not I possess you. Mm -hmm. You possess me. Let's I own you. It's not that's not love. Love is more word to bell hooks is more of a, a verb. Mm -hmm. And if I love you, I have to take care of myself. And that's why I love um, healthy dynamics of polyamory. I'm not for or against like monog whatever works for you if you're monogamous and it's healthy and it's working that's beautiful and it's valid if you're polyamorous and it's working for you that's beautiful and that's valid but just let people love respect and honor each other and really show up and really mean that from the heart because it's too much hate going on it's too much jealousy this, this i don't that whole shaquella robinson like long live her spirit yo that shit that shit fucked me up this year but I mean, justice is, is the universe bends towards love, towards justice. 
you know and the more we practice love the more we embody it and the more we keep being that and upholding women to a standard of like she can choose whoever she decides to be with she can do as she pleases as long as she's not hurting anybody especially if she's healthy mm-hmm. like we fan those flames we clap for that we 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 salute that we want to give birth to gods and goddesses out here you know what i'm saying like straight or bi or queer as long as we we are all healthy and we're integrating that into our lives to create a better future and you know get these community gardens going and plant these trees because that's what really <laughs> like matters but yeah that's all i'm gonna say um, <laughs> thank you Ayana. you're like i want to say this last thing and then <laughs> um but no i really appreciate you thank you everybody that tuned in to listen to this, this is amazing e-plants I'm not a thousand sons. Thank you, Ayana. Ayana, the model. You are phenomenal. I love you. You're great. Then just keep winning. Keep keep taking these W's and any obstacles you face. May you overcome them with ease. Ashe. Mm-hmm. It's love, yo. Yeah, it's all <laughs> love. All love. All wonderful things. All the time. All the time. Do you have anything coming up? Can anybody tune into something that you're doing? Do you have anything that people can support? Um, I really just want people to look at my spiritual and meaningful tattoos. Hmm. And by the way, I'm circulating the abundance. So if you refer anybody to me, I'm paying everybody, uh, whoever sends a client. And that's pretty much it. And also, I'm, I may have a meditation or a kickback where y'all can bring fruits and just connect. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing uh, in this next couple of weeks. And um, also just supporting anything you're doing. Like, you're amazing. I'm definitely coming back to Atlanta. I'm back in Miami right now. But I'm mm-hmm. um, coming back to Atlanta in the spring. And I would love to work with you on something. Like, we have to cultivate and build and um definitely let me know yeah i've been working out too i'm I'm aiming to gain some weight but (laughs) i hope y'all worked out today but yeah that's it immense gratitude Mm -hmm. (laughs) give thanks so yes nine thousand sons you heard it here first folks um on my end of course it's going to be more sex talk um I'll be updating it in my story when the next one comes up. I'll be posting this on my page, of course. Also be posting the audio on my podcast and be posting another video on YouTube. So tune in, stay tuned and definitely watch the last 18 episodes if you have not already. Take time to listen to the last 18 episodes if you want to do that hand-free. And we will see you guys on the next Sex Talk. Peace and love. Peace and love. Love you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Good night. Love you too. Peace.